Well, sweets and Christmas go together. There's Christmas cookies and fruit cakes and desserts. But for the kids, it's all about the candy. Unfortunately, I think today's kids get cheated. I don't think putting red and green wrappers on the same old Snickers and M&M packages makes them Christmas candy. I mean, Christmas candies are supposed to be something special, something you don't get every day of the year. You know, when I was a kid, we looked forward to the chocolate Santas and the red and green gumdrops and the uh, classic Christmas hard candy mix, the kind that has ribbon candy and other things in it. Yeah, that's Christmas candy. All these candies made this time of year special. And, and really, it is a special time of year, not just because of the candy, but because of, because of Advent. Advent is a special time of year when we take a break from the ordinary to celebrate the coming birth of Jesus. We light candles. We look at the prophecies from the Old Testament. We prepare our hearts to welcome the greatest gift of all, Jesus Christ. And this year, due to a cork in the calendar, as I mentioned earlier, Advent is, is barely three weeks long. And so here we have started a little bit early. I think that's okay if we spend just a little bit extra time preparing our hearts for celebrating the good news of Jesus. And we're starting our, our Advent message series which is Sweet Christmas, uh, a week early as well. And each Sunday, I will be talking about one of my favorite Christmas candies and, uh, and how they remind me of the coming of Jesus. And of course, we can't just talk about it. So we will have a Christmas candy bowl out uh, in the lobby there for all of you to taste and see. And I apologize for those of you who are worshiping at home. Uh, you're going to have to, you're going to have to go out and get your own candy, to uh, start Advent with a sweet treat. And uh, the candy that we're looking at today is chocolate-covered vanilla cream drops. Now, if if you're worshiping online, I got these at, at Fleet Farm, so um, uh, you know that they're available there and there and many other places as well, as well, and they're probably not the first Christmas candy that comes to mind for you. I mean, you were probably expecting candy canes, right? Well, we'll get to that next week. But this week, it's the chocolate-covered vanilla cream drops. And I mention them because they remind me of my grandpa, who was a very special person in my life. They were his Christmas favorite. When my mom attended a one-room country school... Grandpa was the head of what we might call the PTA. And every year during Advent, they would have a Christmas program that the kids would put on. And then at the end of that, they would get a, a bag with treats to take home. Now, this was a different time and, and era. And so there was no red and green Snickers wrappers in these bags. No, each bag contained an apple some peanuts in the shell, a handful of that uh, hard, old-fashioned Christmas candy mix, 
and a single chocolate-covered vanilla cream drop. Now, these were expensive, but my grandpa made sure that every kid got one. Even after my grandpa accidentally burned the school down and my mom had to go to school in town, <laughs> he still would purchase these cream drops every year to give out to his Christmas guests. These candies caused me to think of my grandpa each Advent. Those are great memories. Advent is a time for memories. How many of your Christmas time memories are connected to people who are special in your life? Maybe the time that you spent with special friends or, or the way that your mom always searched for just the right present. Or, or perhaps some neighbors who showed you special kindness one Christmas when you had nothing. Maybe you're, the special people are people here in this room and you recall how on Christmas Eve as the light of Christ was passed from candle to candle, their faces lit up in the glow of the candlelight on Christmas Eve. Advent is a time to remember very special people. And for the church, the people that... The person that we remember best in Advent is John the Baptist, who paved the way for Jesus. Now, you might have thought I was going to say Mary or, and Joseph or, or the shepherds or, or the wise men, but the shepherds don't show up until Christmas, and the wise men are even later, so they're not Advent characters, really. And Mary and Joseph do show up in the Advent time, but really, John is the Advent guy. Listen to how Mark begins his gospel. The beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God. Now if you start this way, the beginning of the good news about the Messiah, you expect it to go on and talk about Mary and Joseph, right? But Mark doesn't at all. The beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. Don't worry, that's not one of the candies that we're going to have uh, <laughs> this Advent. He ate locusts and wild honey, and this was his message. After me comes the one more powerful than I, the straps of whom sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. God's plan for the coming of Jesus includes someone to pave the way, someone to fulfill the prophecy of Isaiah, a voice calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, and that someone is John the Baptist. No John in Advent, no Jesus at Christmas. 
In fact, John's very message is the Advent message. Prepare the way for the Lord. Now, in the Gospel of John, John the Baptist is also center stage. And, and I have to point out that these are not the same Johns. There's, there's so many Johns in the Bible, it gets really confusing. But there is the, the Gospel writer, the Apostle John, who was a follower of Jesus. And then there's John the Baptist, who had his own followers. And so the Apostle John talks about John the Baptist. And John the Baptist is the Advent guy. This is from chapter 1 of the Gospel of John. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. And the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. There's no mention here of either Mary or Joseph, just John who paves the way for the light of the world. In verse 15 it says, John testified concerning him. He cried out saying, this is the one I spoke about when I said, he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Now, of course, Mary and Joseph do show up in the other two Gospels. Matthew talks about Joseph wanting to break up with his pregnant virgin wife and instead being told by God to marry her. And in Luke, we get the whole enunciation to Mary by the angel Gabriel that she'll have a child. But even in Luke's story, John the Baptist plays a huge role leading up to Jesus. In fact, Luke begins his gospel not with a virgin couple getting pregnant, but with an older couple who have the opposite problem. Elizabeth and Zechariah have tried and tried, but they've never been able to have a child. And now they were too old. Until one day, Zechariah takes his turn serving in the temple, and the angel Gabriel appears to him. And just as with Mary, this angel scares him to death, we find this in Luke chapter 1. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Don't be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear a son, and you were to call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many people of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. He is here again in the very first chapter. And we get an enunciation, but here the very first one is not to Mary, it's actually to Zechariah. But unlike Mary, he refuses to believe the angel, and Gabriel tells him that, he, okay, then you're going to lose your voice until your baby is born. 
And so for the next nine months, Zechariah is silent. Uh, But then John is born. When it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy, and they shared her joy. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to name him after his father, Zechariah. But his mother spoke up and said, No, he's to be called John. They said to her, There's no one among your relatives who has that name. Then they made signs to his father to find out what he'd like to name the child. Remember, he's been silent for nine months now. And he asked for a writing tablet, and to everyone's astonishment, he wrote, His name is John. Immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue was set free, and he began to speak, praising God. All the neighbors were filled with awe, and throughout the hill country of Judea, people were talking about all these things. Everyone who heard this wondered about it, asking, What then is this child going to be? For the Lord's hand was with him. Well, we know what this child is going to be, don't we? He's going to be the one to prepare the way for Jesus and to fulfill Isaiah's prophecy. John is going to be the Advent guy. It starts even even before he's born. He gets all excited inside Elizabeth's womb when when Mary shows up carrying Jesus, who is just uh, a few months uh, younger than John. And by his actions, he lets Elizabeth know that the Lord has come near. He points her to Mary and the baby within her womb, who is the Lord. Now jump ahead 30 years into the future, and we find that John is still pointing people to Jesus. In the first chapter of John, the next day John was there again with his, two of his disciples. Of course, 30 years later, he's a grown-up. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, What do you want? And they said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. And so they went and saw where he was staying, and they spent the day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had then followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was find his brother Simon and tell him, we found the Messiah, that is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You'll be called Cephas, which when translated is Peter. John points Andrew to Jesus. Andrew points Peter to Jesus. That's the Advent action. People pointing people to Jesus. That's what this time of year is all about. And John leads the way. He's the Advent guy. The first one saying, there he is. The Lord has come. 
That's why the church remembers him every Advent. He was the original Advent guy pointing people to, to Christ, telling them the Lord is near. Now that was a long time ago. You didn't know John personally. Neither did I. But the chain of events that John started has continued down to this day. John pointed Andrew to Jesus, and he followed him. And Andrew pointed Peter to Jesus, and, his, and he followed him. And on and on and on, somebody is always pointing someone to Jesus. They step in as the next Advent guy, the next Advent gal, the next person to say, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Who is that Advent guy or gal for you? Who is that person in your life who pointed you to the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world? Was it your grandpa who always shared his favorite candy with you? Was it your mom who took you to church and Sunday school and by her example pointed you to Jesus? Was it a youth group leader who helped you to see that Jesus is alive and real even today? Was it a friend who shared more of the, the story of Jesus with you than, than just what you heard from Linus and a Charlie Brown's Christmas? Who was it that was the Advent person for you? Who was that very special person in your life or persons? The Advent guys and gals. Amir had grown up in a Muslim family here in the U.S., and he had married a, a Christian woman. And the Jesus Amir had heard about from the Quran was a little bit different than the Jesus that you and I know. See, the Quran talks about Jesus. Uh, Esau in, in Arabic. And the Quran actually even has the story of the Annunciation to Mary that she'll have a child. Even John the Baptist is, uh, is there in the Quran. Yahya in Arabic. Who was born to Zechariah and Elizabeth when they were old. Those are found in the Quran. But to be honest, Amir hadn't spent much time looking at Jesus in the Quran because in Islam, Jesus is just a prophet. A very special prophet, but just a prophet nonetheless. Even more importantly, the Quran goes out of its way to reject Jesus as the Savior who is Christ the Lord, the Son of God incarnate, Emmanuel, God with us. In other words, it rejects the very notion of Christmas. But as Amir observed his wife prepare for Christmas, he was curious. And he started asking questions of her about the Jesus in the Bible. And about what the Bible had to say about the birth. And, and about John the Baptist in the Bible. And when his questions started to stump his wife, she brought a mirror to me. And we had a wonderful conversation about all the kinds of things that we'll talk about this Advent. Not the candy stuff, but, but the biblical stuff. About not just the Advent guy, 
but Emmanuel, God with us. And all the prophecies and Mary and Joseph and all the rest. And God touched Amir's heart and he began to believe that God did so love the world that he sent his only son, not just a prophet, not just an Advent guy, but Emmanuel, God with us. And what a joy it was when he came to be baptized and take his place in the long line of Advent guys who point others to Jesus. So who in your life pointed the way to Jesus? Who was your John the Baptist? Was it the witness of your spouse? Was it your grandpa or grandma? Your youth leader or friend? Remember these special persons this, this Advent time and celebrate them. But even more importantly, follow in their footsteps. Be an Advent guy. Be an Advent gal. Who can you point to Jesus? How can you be like John the Baptist this Advent? Now some like Amir are just waiting to hear the story. Wanting you to share with them this Jesus that you know. And others might not be quite ready yet, but you can pave the way for a conversation by perhaps sharing a chocolate with them. Either way, Advent is a special time, a special time of year. And in celebrating it, you too can prepare the way for the Lord and point others in the direction of Jesus. It's the Advent action. It's what we do as followers of Christ. So let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for people from John the Baptist all the way up to today who have pointed us in your direction, who have let us know where we can find the Messiah, the Christ, the Savior, Emmanuel. Lord, and we pray for opportunities this next month as we prepare for Christmas. Maybe it'll be a direct opportunity to share parts of the Bible with someone, or maybe someone is just watching us, and it's the witness of our preparation for Christmas that will impact their life. Whoever it is, Lord, whether it be a stranger or whether it be our own family, we pray that we might be a little bit like John the Baptist, Advent guys and gals who point others to you. We thank you for this privilege, and in your name we pray. Amen.